Welcome to the Ocrest podcast channel. Ocrest School in Vienna, Virginia challenges girls in grades 6 to 12 to develop their intellect, character, faith, and leadership potential to thrive in college and throughout their lives. On today's podcast, Head of School, Dr. Mary T. Ortiz, speaks about the importance of gratitude, how to practice it in our everyday lives, and how to cultivate it in our daughters. I'm going to share this morning some um, reflections on the topic of gratitude and fostering gratitude in ourselves. Obviously, everything is first in ourselves, of course, but also in the girls. Um, and I had, I had the opportunity to, um, to give this talk um, at the Washington Family Conference, and it was, um, a, it was a great, it was really helpful because it got me thinking about gratitude, you know, weeks before gratitude in the back of my mind, um, kind of trying to like bake, bake the top. So I feel like since February, in some way, I've had gratitude in the back of my mind. And um, I something to share with you pretty much what I shared that day. And there are three parts to it. So I'm going to describe a little bit of a vision of gratitude and a grateful life. And then that's the first part. And then how we could go about teaching it to young people, the virtue of gratitude, and then some very simple practical suggestions. So that's what we're doing. Um, so I'll just I'll jump in. So it's a virtue, right? Gratitude is a virtue, but it is so much more than that. Um, and my reading and thinking and talking to people, um, you know, just brought home to me that it's really, you could say it's really an attitude um, toward uh, God, the world, ourselves, and others. You could say also it's like a stance. I love that, like a position in the world, like a stance. And it's one that recognizes, you could say, our position in the world as, as a creature, man's position in the world as a creature, created and held in existence, in fact, by, in every moment by the creator, and in, and in an existence in which everything is freely given. So it's quite powerful. And um, a friend of mine lent me a book called The Art of Living. And I drew on, on, on a, it's a series, that book, just for you know, is a, probably about 10 virtues, you could say, um, a, a chapter on each one. And it actually came from um, a series of radio talks from the 1930s, given by the um, philosopher, I think he's a theologian, Dietrich von Hildebrand, gave a series of radio talks in the 30s. And then, so this was like worked over these talks and eventually put into this um, lovely book that also has two chapters from his wife, um, Alice von Hildebrand. And um, so this I really, I recommend it. It's a, it's a beautiful book. And the last chapter is on gratitude. And what I discovered there, in the, just in the preface, is that he, he saw gratitude as the crowning virtue and the key to happiness. So powerful, and this man is a brilliant um, philosopher, professor, writer, etc. Can't say much, can say too much about um, Dietrich von Hildebrand. So, for, from him to say, uh, you know, this long and rich life, uh, the gratitude is a crowning virtue and key to happiness. God says a lot. Um, and in the end, in this lovely chapter on gratitude, he, he quotes a philosopher and says about this particular philosopher how right he is 
when he emphasizes that it's decisive for man to stand in the right place in the cosmos. Man does this when he gives thanks. Within gratitude lives truth, freedom, humility, goodness, and generosity. That's such a beautiful statement. It's so key to stand in the right place in the cosmos, in the world. And we do that when we give thanks. Um, and then within this beautiful virtue, there's so many other beautiful I mean, truth, freedom, humility, goodness, and generosity. So I just really love that beginning, right? We stand in the right place when we give thanks. Um, and I thought, well, when we don't give thanks, I guess that means we're standing in the wrong place. That's just my mind. It's kind of silly. I thought, oh, you don't want to be, you don't want to be standing in the wrong place. And we've all done that ever, you know, like I'm in the wrong line, you know, um, I'm over here when I should be here. I mean, just think about all the funny things that happen, like, or just like, I'm really not in tune with the most important things or whatever. And um, my little analogy was like going to a concert, you know, I just lived to be in an opera house, but you could, and like going to the concert and sitting, like taking your seat in the cold room, you're like, I'm ready for the concert. And you were like, you're in the wrong place, you know. Um, this is the wrong place. And like, oh, um, so we, we don't want to be in the wrong place. And so following that, like to live rightly, they say we need to live in reality. Um, and the deepest and the truest reality. Um, so keep people moving through this. It's a human virtue, right? It is also, gratitude is a human virtue. And it's a good, it's a good practice, and good practices help make us good. Um, and I read about this, there's a really fun book called The Headmaster. If you want to do some fun reading, it's called The Headmaster by John McPhee. And it's it's the, about a famous headmaster uh, of Deerfield Academy, which is a boarding school in Massachusetts, an old one. And this headmaster was there for about 60 years. It's just a fun read about the life of this man. But one of the neat things there, he wrote thank you notes. He wrote notes all the time. He wrote. He wrote thank you notes like, for everything. And of course, the writer said he acknowledged even acknowledgments. <laughs> and you know, you know people that write, sometimes you want to write a thank you note for a thank you note, because it's such, like, such a great thank you note. Um, I know, I gotta stop this. I gotta stop this somewhere. Um, but anyway, it's a good, it's a good, good virtue, good practice. We know that we'll, we'll look at it in different practical ways. But again, what I'm starting with is gratitude is like, it's even bigger than that, right? It's a response to a loving God. And we want it to be very frequent and very ardent in our life um, to God and to those in our daily lives. That's the idea. So one writer said, the Christian perspective, gratitude should grow in us throughout our lives. And I think that's a great aspiration, that I would become like more and more of a grateful person. Like you can say like, like every day or every year. Um, so that it's just, it's crescendoing. Right? Gratitude is just like going on a crescendo. That means I'm more and more in reality. I'm more and more, um, I just like, know what it is to be human and what it is to be a child of God. And this writer said, hand in hand, I think this is funny, hand in hand with our transformation of Christ. So here comes the, the powerful relationship with Christ. Hand in hand goes a continuous growing awareness of God's gifts. Everything is ever more seen to be an unmerited gift. Everything is perceived as a reason for unlimited gratitude toward God 
and the urge to thank him expressly for everything becomes stronger and stronger. That's where we want to go, right? That's kind of like the destination. This growing sense of gratitude, right? And I was looking at this, it's born out in the lives of the saints. Um, and I was re I remembered this somewhere or something. St. Teresa of Avila said um, she was grateful for everything. And she said, everything that anyone gave me, I was grateful for. She said, even a sardine. Uh, like, you can give me anything, and I'm grateful for it. Even just like a tiny little fish, tiny little. Um, and St. Jose Maria, who certainly, I mean, St. Teresa of Avila's doctor of the church, you know, amazing. He knew her writings very well and loved her. Like, I mean, all the saints seem to seems to be at some point know each other. That's my guess. <laughs> Read their stuff. Um, but anyway, he, he was also Spanish, so he wrote and said, "I'm also very grateful for everything." He said, "I'm even grateful for the bones of the sardine." And what I love about that is, like, it's like this Spanish, like, I can talk to you. And if you know the Spanish temperament, like, um, um, they're big on that. And I like, I got like a good sense of. Um, Good pride. I always had to work on. So anyway, but the, I'm, I'm so grateful. So that I'm going to top this. Um, but it's and I read in this book. I thought this was very nice. It says the writer said gratitude is a, is obvious. It's like sort of obviously a prominent characteristic of saints in general. But the saints who are founders of one sort or another said seem to exaggerate the little benefits they received to make as much of them as they can, as if they could never pay them off to have a long memory for the most trivial kindnesses. And I thought, that is so cool, because founders, I can only imagine, had very tough lives. I mean, we've read about some of these people, they were like persecuted. <laughs> and the St. Teresa of Avila was actually, they wanted to bring her up before the Inquisition. I mean, it's really rough times. Money, they're, they're beset by difficulties on all sides. Mother Teresa, I mean, it was not an easy life. And yet, of all people, they had a like, long memory for even the most trivial kindnesses. So it's so, you know, they've got, there's something we should take note of there. Um, but we, so we've all seen the beauty of a grateful person, right? And we've all admired it. Um, and you could just think now, like, think of the people you know that are, are very grateful and how beautiful it is, how it makes them very beautiful, and we admire that. Um, and I, I remember talking to a college student, I don't remember when, but uh, this came to mind. She was describing it like a new acquaintance. And what she noted about that other college student, she said, like, this this girl, she said, she's like, just a great, fun person. But she said, kind of struck me, she's very, she's always like friendly with the dining staff at, at the school. And, um, you know, we were just talking about like how nice this other person is. And she was like, it just, it just struck me. Like, um, she said she would just like walk in every day, and she's like she knew people that worked there, you know, and um, they would just they know her, she knows them, and they just talk. And part of that is she'd also say thank you with like a genuine smile and thank you to the people serving her. So it's like that's such an example that people you know, like the girl wasn't doing it to be noted. The other girl was also a wonderful girl. Like they're both fabulous, you know, really nice girls, and they one of them was like I really admire that. I noticed that um, this is a, basically a, a grateful person. Um, so that's really key. So we also learn by contrast as well. I mean, we learn by, we definitely, that's one of the ways to learn, right? We see the goodness of gratitude in people. 
And we also see the unattractiveness of ingratitude, right? We just want to spend a few moments on that. Um, it is a way of, I got, that is entitlement. We, we do talk about entitlement. We all do. We, we see it in ourselves. We're not immune at all to anything. And we're like, you, we all do think in different levels and ways. Like, it's not attractive. It's, it's that saying or thinking, right, I deserve this. This is mine. This is my right. <laughs> this, I should get this. And you, you just follow that track, and you're like, ooh, really not attractive, right? Even if it, sometimes it is true. I do, I deserve, I deserve to get paid. I definitely deserve, you know, I deserve certain things. But it really are. It's just not. And, and, and the funny part about it is, it's kind of illogical. Um, if something is a right, we do deserve it, right? But a gift, again, going back to everything, is in some way a gift. A gift is not a right by virtue of its being a gift. Gift is freely given, that's what makes it a gift. So entitlement, from a Christian perspective, is kind of like not logical in some way. Um, you can hear, I was going to hear St. Paul saying, what, what do you have that you have not received? Right? What do you really have that you haven't received? Um, and again, I'm thinking about the most fundamental things in life. Life itself is a gift. Um, certainly faith, even talents, education, our families, you just keep going. What have you that you have not received? Um, G.K. Chesterton said quite a bit about gratitude in funny and different ways. And it, he wrote in his autobiography, I did realize this is where it came from, the chief idea of my life, that's a really strong statement, like the ruling principle of my life, is the idea of taking things with gratitude and not taking things for granted. Like this, like a ruling principle of my life really strong statement, right? Taking things with gratitude. But I just wanted to say, entitlement is, I think it's comical in some way. And they say like the essence of comedy is incongruity, like two things don't fit together and that makes us laugh. Um, and it can also, you know, comedy, and we want it, it clarifies our vision. Like when we, when we can laugh at ourselves and we can laugh at certain things, it means we see these don't fit together. And maybe the next step is, um, a little, like, I, I want to drop that. I want to change that, you know, to make a change, to clarify my vision. I see things better. I see that these two things don't fit together. Um, and I was, I was thinking, I, I had retreat notes, old retreat notes, that um, what, I, what I saw was that this favorite cartoon of this priest who had passed away, um, I mean, the priest giving the retreat said, this was the favorite cartoon of this priest. His name is Father Mike Hurt. And I wrote this down. He said, the favorite cartoon was a character musing on a winter scene. And this, this is what the musing is. From the character, this little character looking out at a winter scene, musing. And the musing is, same old crummy ice, same old crummy snow, same old crummy aurora borealis. <laughs> I think it's the only thing I have from the retreat. <laughs> like, I mean, this old retreat. Yeah. I'm like, that is like great. I tried to look it up. I thought it was Calvin and Hobbes. I couldn't find it. You might want to find it. But it's so great. Like the blindness is comical, right? But we think about our own declarations, right? And I don't know if you can hear in your head like statements you've made that are like that in some fashion. Like, and you're like, oh my gosh, that's ridiculous. Um, so we want to detect that in our lives. We want to laugh at our own 
short-sightedness and hopefully correct it. And I'm sure we did, like with age and time and grades, correct those things that we were off on, our own myopic vision regarding the gifts in our life. And I'm not going to read this, but I want you to go and look up Billy Collins and look up Billy Collins reading his poem called The Lanyard, L-A-N-Y-A-R-D. And it's on the topic of the absurdity of like the way he thought he was sort of grateful for his mother. So I'm feeling a gratitude. I won't take time on it, but it is, I think it's extremely funny. I mean, most people, you, you will think it's funny, but his reading it is really good. It's very dry. Um, so I, I encourage you to look at that. It shows how funny it is sometimes when we think um, the way we see things. But anyway, our relationship, to kind of pull this part to, to a close, our relationship with the most important things in life, um, it's not transactional. It's not, I give you this, you give me that, and we're equal, or anything like that. From a, really, our relationship to the most important things in life, from a Christian perspective, is, is like a family. It's familial. It's relational. Our deepest identity is as a child of God. So two things related to gratitude and related to this. Like, Gratitude as a child of God, two things. First is the gratitude in the life of a, of a loved child. It really shouldn't disappear even when you're suffering. And that's the key thing. Um, and this is from Dietrich von Hildebrand. He, Hildebrand. he said, it is of the greatest significance for the relationship of man to God that the positive gifts not be forgotten among the trials <clears throat> and sorrows. I think that's great. Gratitude and thanksgiving for all positive gifts must live on together right? with the humble, loving acceptance of the crosses in light of the passion of Christ. So the positive gifts must not be forgotten among the trials and sorrows. And then I think it's just, it's a, it even just from a human perspective, it's balance, it's true. Like when we are only focused, you know, even amidst the most difficult, even very dark times, is there a voice that in terms of voices, or is there a voice that also says, yes, but there are also good things. And I'm gonna name the good things. I'm gonna go over the good things. It's really true. It's it's powerful. Um, and that's I think very, very good. So just to put a note on that. And the second is that a again, we're ch children of God, we want to have an expansive view of life. In that good um, like, <laughs> um, is that we should be thankful for not only like material things, yay, that's good, also learning to be thankful for immaterial things, such as the affection of friends. That's not material. Joy in learning. Like, I actually can be happy learning. This is great. Um, and, but then the real one is, even for gifts that I don't know about, that I can't perceive, but that, that are given to me, um, I have to follow. <laughs> I have to follow. <laughs> we should keep. Yeah, we have to be thankful. <laughs> give them the mic. <laughs> I say no more. The talk is over. <laughs> I don't believe it. But, but that, and that's the fun part of gratitude, is being grateful for the things that we, that people do for God, definitely, and that other people do for us that we just don't know about, we just don't perceive. St. Osmeria was really big on that. And he said, at the end of every, December 31st, 
the last year, the last day of every year, he would pray the Te Deum, which is the church's hymn of thanksgiving, and he would add, I thank God for everything, he said, even the things that I don't know about. And the Latin is, it's him in Even the things that I, the good things that have happened this year that God saved me from, like, and I thought, that's amazing. What an expansive view of life. And there are, in fact, many things that people do for us we don't know about. I just named two of them, giving us the benefit of the doubt. Like, I might never know that. Like, someone didn't really judge me. They actually said, I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt. I think she meant that well. She was like, cut me off in the parking lot, that Miss Ortiz. And she said whatever that weird statement was, but you know what? Maybe it was a bad day. <laughs> I mean, whatever. I give it a bit of a doubt. I don't know about that. Or, I mean, cleaning a room before you use it, like you walk into a room and it's really clean, and like, somebody cleaned this. Let me straighten this out. I, I don't know who it is. I can't thank them. So, it's a, the guardian angels that do all kinds of things for us that mostly go, we don't thank them. Um, I mean, you just think about lots of things. God has many ways of caring for us. Many we will never know about until heaven. Um, and also, just remember, there are good and heroic deeds that remain unknown to us and to others, but they are no less good and heroic. That's a really important thing. And I quote the Lord of the Rings, never having read it, not yet. <laughs> People are after me, but no. But um, I'm going to quote it anyway. Aragorn, I've seen the movie. Uh, no, he says, um, great quote, a time may come soon, they, they come soon when there will be need of valor without renown. And for none shall remember the deeds that are done in the last defense of our homes, that is our God, yet the deeds will not be less valiant because they are unpraised. Right? Do we just measure things? We, and talk about the work of parents. Unpraised, unnoticed, un whatever, whatever, for long, long periods of time. It's, but it is no less, um, it is no less good or heroic, even. That's a big statement because they are unknown and unpraised. So we should never be so short-sighted that we're grateful for only what we can see in praise. Okay, so first, second, how do we teach to see young people? I'm going to watch my time. It is, I thought, it's not, it's never easy to learn anything really important. It's not easy to teach. And I think people that have tried to teach realize as they start to try this is much harder than I thought it was. Um, and especially the most important things in life. No surprise that I'm going to say we teach the primary way is through example. Right? Especially through the people in our daily lives. Right? And for a moment with parents, and less with teachers, but definitely, I mean, still, I just think, you know, you live your lives in front of children in front of people you live your lives for them with them in front of them right it's 360 which is challenging um parents are the first best and last teachers you should absolutely do that is true and i think for parents to say just for a moment you have all the grace that you need i think you probably don't i was thinking you don't have more grace than you need or less grace than you need it's perfectly measured to your time because God does everything God gives us exactly what we need. He doesn't give us more. He doesn't give us less. He doesn't give us at the wrong time. And there are times, obviously, this has been very pressed. All of us have been like, I don't think I have. And that's doubting God, right? 
I'm using big things. God never asked the impossible. That's a statement from a great saint. He never asked the impossible. So remember, we ask the impossible of ourselves and of other people. I mean, that's like, we're not right. We're off. We have original sin. So our balance and our measure is frequently off. And if we don't take that into account, we could be really... I think it's like when the car isn't aligned. I know very little about cars. Did you ever have a car you let go of the steering, steering wheel and it, and it goes somewhere? <laughs> and the car, and you're like, okay, I guess this means it's not aligned, right? Like, it's just gonna go. We're like that. We just, we're not aligned properly. Our intellect, our will are damaged by original sin. That's why we need grace, we need work. But parents, so teaching by example is parents, the best thing is we must try to be, parents and teachers must try to be grateful people and express that gratitude. And it will work eventually with kids. They will be grateful. I think this is true. They will. It's gonna, might be a battle, might be, well, whatever. But it's not always easy to be grateful. And I think it's good to recognize the challenge of it. We could think, oh, it's easy. You know, I'm grateful. Thank you, thank you. But it's the deep gratitude is not easy. And again, Chesterton writes, gratitude being nearly the greatest of all human duties is also nearly the most difficult. Um, what makes it difficult for us? Um, to be, and I think I just mentioned, we're often blind. We're blinded to the fact that everything in our life is a gift. Um, we're blind, probably not because, because we're busy. Busyness is a real problem. We're just busy. Um, or it's like we rate secondary things as more important. You know, we're off. Or we're lazy. Welcome to the human race. Or we're tired. Tiredness is more of a is a, is a real difficulty. And sometimes being tired is not our, it's not our fault. We're just tired. It's you know we're tired of the same battles. We're tired of the same people. We're tired of the same old crummy ice, same old crummy snow. You know, we're just we're weak. So it doesn't come naturally to be grateful in a sustained, true way. It's hard, and I think it's good for us to. Because I'm saying like, oh, I wish I were more grateful. It's hard. It's good to see that. And the fact is, it's most difficult to be grateful to on a daily basis to those we live with. And this is a fact. It demands a different kind of awareness because of the danger of taking things for granted. Um, and this is just fact on the greatest authority. Or we fail to realize our obligation to give explicit thanks for the gift. Like people that love us, that is a gift, but we still have the duty to give explicit thanks for that. To me, it's a little bit funny. You could say, I deserve this, you know, you're married to me, it's your duty, or, or you're my child. I, and it's true in a way, but it, it requires more work in some sense, more intentionality to say, yes, in some ways, you owe this to me, or that, and I owe this to you, and yet I, I cannot, I, I have a duty to be even more explicitly so this happens just a daily, it's also with friends, with siblings, children and parents all around. So just keep, let's kind of move toward that and I'll wrap up. I'm just asking again, are we truly grateful people? One way of asking, checking on ourselves, I like this one, have I complained more today than I've given thanks? And that's a tough one. Because um, complaining is like, we need to kind of like vent, you know, we need to like get out our sorrow in the right place, of course. Um, and I thought you could ask other people around you, but I think it might be dangerous.
secrets. I'm not sure I would ask people when you have a And I'm complaining more than I think I'm, because sometimes we're like, I think I'm giving thanks all the time. And people are like, really? And you just don't know. You don't even know like sneaky ways of saying things. So anyway, powerful way. How do I grow in this? It's not just saying, I'm going to increase the number of times I say thank you, although that can be very good. But I think it's this author said, no, strengthen your, if you want to grow in some way, strengthen your convictions. Just go back again and again to savor the reasons we have for gratitude. Like, um, go back and like savor that. Some of that is, is prayer. It is prayer and reflection and reading. I mean, it's not just saying like, be more grateful, Mary, be more grateful. Get right now. It's go back. Like, why am I why should I be grateful? Go back. One of the students on the retreat, I was on the um, junior retreat, and the kids are just so great. She said, um, when I get really frustrated or I'm mad at everything or something, um, my older sister says, and she I quote, are you alive? Yes. <laughs> Do you have a house? You know, yes. Do you have a food? And she's like, these are reminders, the classic reminders of reality. Um, but it's true. These are grounding truths. And it's leading toward, again, reality. Like, no. Helping escape a small vision. Or you could say an attitude of entitlement. It's, it's helping us get out of that little bubble. Um, on this, one of the teachers here lent me a book called The Little Book of Holy Gratitude by Father Faber. It was, it's awesome. It's really, really good. He's amazing. Um, convert, English convert from the 19th century. The Little Book of Holy Gratitude. And it's small, which is um, To nourish our minds, hearts, and souls regularly with the real reasons for gratitude. And the, a renewed appreciation of the great good it is for, for in our life to be grateful and to be like spreading gratitude. It's such a great good. And then working on our form, our practical application, and there the enemy is habit. And this is habit, it says the danger of becoming deadened, of no longer appreciating a gift after a length of time. Habit, and we all know that. So try to renew, like conquer habit with renewed loving efforts to show gratitude toward everyone, especially those closest to us. Um, renew our love, right? We strengthen our convictions, improve our form, renew. I mean, and the kids are great with that, like surprises. That's one of the best things in life, is like a surprise. Like, I just decided to do, I know for families, like, same old weekend, same old whatever, like a surprise. And it's just great. It's a way to like surprise people with your way of saying thank you. I appreciate you. I appreciate, you know, or even listing like what you've noticed, an intense noticing. And the person herself or himself might have not noticed, like might have not realized that even that gift, like you have a great way of this. And I am so personally grateful for that. So anyway. And remember for kids, our effort teaches. So never think we have to wait until we're perfect to teach, right? St. Osmer had a great line there too. He said, a sick doctor can actually heal a patient. I thought that was great. Like your doctor can be like, this is terrible. You don't want it to be like dying of cancer. And they, the doctor can still get it. 
it's not like my help. I'm not the model on any of this. You know, I'm not making you like me, a healthy person, not at all. So the effort teaches. He also says, we learn to swim by swimming. Never wait. Just get in there and, and do it. So you might think, well, I don't know how to do any of this. It's the doing and the living and the trying and the failing, really, is, is the example. It's not the finished product. So key. Um, so, and then the, to realize kids are, they can be very demanding. I've often thought, oh my gosh, they're so demanding. I don't want to be on trial with some of these. Um, but they also can be very forgiving. I think that's the beautiful part sometimes of young people. And they, they see us try. They see you try. And they'll remember your effort. Um, and maybe, as you've probably already seen it, not the thing that you thought was perfect. And you, ta-da, you know, but they actually cherish and remember, like, you try, you know, you try. And also, you're showing them trying to do something that's good and decent is always worth it, regardless of the outcome. That's great. So the classic, sometimes it is better to try and not make the mark, because they're seeing that's, the trying is what's key, because it's worth doing it. And then a wise mother, I asked, someone here, she said, you know, it's good for parents to always remember that their children are not reflections of themselves and not really supposed to be. They, of course, you have, they have so much of you in them, but they are unique and unrepeatable. And that can be a blessing and a frustration. <laughs> of course, my mother nicely said in her old age, I have five children. Um, you're, I do the same thing with everyone. You're all absolutely different. I don't know what happened. <laughs> you know, I mean, slowly, give up now. But you're all, they're all unique and unrepeatable. And this woman said, gave you, she said, this is an analogy. When you're looking, somebody's on the other side of the window, and you're looking in that window, if there's a light on, you just see the reflection of yourself. I thought it was kind of cool. You're like, I can't see the person. I only see myself. She's like, turn out the light. If you really, stop looking at yourself. Stop looking for a reflection of yourself. See the other person as unique. Um, and you can follow that. They're also going to have their own ways of showing gratitude, your children, each one differently. Not necessarily the way you do or you would want. I mean, not that they're bad, but kind of going down that path. OK, last, it's a little bit long. Um, just looking at ways, I'll just share with you some customs, traditions, that families have, families have to create, again, you want a culture of gratitude, little by little, um, and a deep roots. We want to sink deep roots um, in young people um, by, by like weaving gratitude into our life. So it goes, I asked a number of people have seen beautiful families over the years here. I mean, it goes from saying grace at meals, um, bringing people have brought guests into their home, I think at particularly needy times for them, like the class, I mean, they said now I'm getting very practical, but like the international students who have, can't go home for Thanksgiving or Christmas, that used to be a thing, I remember in my day. It was so nice that people opened their home at different times. Neighbors who don't have family uh, at all or nearby, I mean, like as a family, like you're keeping your eyes open um, and doing it in your own way. I know families that they've incorporated when you buy presents, you also buy a present for a needy family or person. Like, I've been struck by some families have this very long-standing tradition of everyone gets a Christmas gift, and we also give Christmas gifts to, you know, the local, whatever. Like, 
that is like so, uh, I think it would be just striking um, as a, in some way. In praying as a family, whenever you do, place gratitude in those prayers um, and the needs of others. Like we're, we're praying, we're asking God for things, but we're also giving him thanks for the things that we've received. Um, like let's remember to thank God for, you know, a successful operation, a college acceptance, because you're, you're broadening your child's soul and mind. Like those are things that, that are really important and grateful for. I was with a teacher at school a couple weeks ago, um, and it was just really nice. She um, converted, and she was received in the church on March 19th, and I spent time with her that previous week with students. And a couple of times, she asked the girls, okay, can, can you all pray for me? Like, help me thank God, because this Saturday is the anniversary of my being received into the church. And she said, I'm just so grateful for the gift of faith, and I, can you help me thank God? And I heard that a few times from her. You know, and I was like, that's so nice. I told her, and she said, I just wanted to see that faith is such a gift. Mm -hmm. And for me, it was very instructive. And I actually got on the bandwagon. I'm like, I'm going to be part of this. <laughs> and that Saturday, I'm like, yeah, thank God. She like, so that opens up something. Um, a family, another family asked at dinner different times, what was the highlight of your day? She said, they've done that over the years. And she said, we're not like rigid about it, but we kind of have this tradition. And she's like, sometimes it's, um, you know, there was, she, we were laughing. She's like, sometimes it's just been a bad day. So it's like, we really naturally am not, we like, not like, sometimes like, it's this dinner, it's dessert. <laughs> I'm hoping something good will happen tonight. I mean, I don't know, you know, it's not been a great day, but it kind of moves you. And many things are good, but it moves you into like, there's like always something you know, somewhere. Um, thanking people, thanking people who serve us. And there are so many, well, you, your children will see that, like everybody, right? Cashiers, you know, just doctors, hairdressers, like all these people that serve us. And letting your children know this is hard, in your own way, this is really hard work. I mean, if you've ever worked in a customer-related business, I mean, I, you know, they see, like saying, like, these people see the good, the bad, the ugly. I mean, maybe they were impatient, but um, it's probably they had a really rude customer before. <laughs> I don't know, like, not getting, not getting angry quickly with bad sort of like empathy and opening up things. Um, so just, these are like different ways of um, opening up, giving your child that, and your, that expansive view, going back to how many things really are gifts. Um, giving that expansive view. And um, and then really, um, I mean, we do know you have to stay strong on you must write that thank you note. And you have to, I mean, I remember being like attacked by my, you know, it's been months, you will write that, and you're like, rah, whatever. You, you know, the old, it does, it's never too late. You know, you, you do need to rightfully force this on children <laughs> repeatedly, repeatedly. That's true, but, and keep going, and you know, we're the recipient of all of that. We see grateful children, it's wonderful. But again, the broader, it's a stance in life, um, it's part of our identity as a child of God, and we want that to grow, and this is where I'll end, going back. Um, you, I think we've all grown in our gratitude toward our own parents. That is a good progression, right, that you, you, I'm sure all of you can tell stories about not realizing what something meant 
until you have to do it, or until whatever. Then you're like, oh my goodness. So that's very, very good. And I think it's the same with God. Like we want to grow in gratitude toward our own parents and people in our lives. Like that's gonna that will grow. And it's the same thing with, with our relationship with God because it's a familial relationship. It's not our identity as a child of God is not static, it's dynamic. Um, and then I'll just end with what I love is thank you also know how much I love Santa Maria. He gave um, he gave a, a last meditation in his life. It was on the eve of his uh, fifth, celebrating the 50th anniversary of his priestly ordination. So he was this old man, you know, he was like 70, he was pretty tired. And it was the day before this 50th anniversary of his ordination, and he gave his meditation. And it's amazing, it's published, but it's all about, kind of like going, he's like looking back on his life, but the beautiful tone is, he's like, thank you for everything. He said, I only have motives for giving thanks. He said, the life of each of us should be a hymn of thanksgiving. But he does say so much sorrow, so many trials, but so much joy, so much joy. And you can see him going like, really, it's just more and more, it's like a crescendo. Wasn't an easy life at all, but I think it's great to be like, that's really where I wanna go. It's really true, it's a great example um, of, of, of where we wanna go, is the truth of it. Um, so anyway, I'll end there. There is an article, so, References The Art of Living is a great book. Um, the Little Book, Little Book of Holy Gratitude, is a great book. Um, this is an article from the Opus Day website called "Thank Him for Everything Because Everything Is Good." It's pretty amazing. I mean, I think it's going to get you to a point where you're like, I'm not sure I can thank God for those bad things. <laughs> so I, I warn you. No, I'm kidding. It takes you to the highest levels, but it's also very beautiful, very inspiring. Thank you for everything, for everything is good. Um, and this kind of thing is good to, um, what I was saying about is just to kind of sit with and let it kind of enter into your life and let it shift your perspective. Um, it's really helpful, so anyway.